Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. As I mentioned in the last episode, I had the privilege of serving as a substitute preacher a few weeks ago at the First United Methodist Church in Garnett, Kansas. Rarely do I get to serve consecutive weeks in such a role, so I took advantage of the opportunity to share two sermon series about listening and responding to God's call for all of us. What you're about to hear is an adaptation of the sermon from that second week about responding to God's call in our lives. Did everyone do a little listening since the last episode? As a refresher for those who haven't listened to the previous episode yet, we talked the last time about God's call to service of the prophet Samuel. And we learned that there are five stages to listening. In case you don't remember what they are, here they are one more time. Stage one is receiving or recognizing. In other words, hearing that a message is coming in. It's the stimulus. Stage two is understanding. This is recognizing what is being said to you, not necessarily the higher concepts of the message. Stage three is evaluation. This is where we grasp what's really said and we start our own analysis. Stage four is responding. This is what we do with what we just heard. And finally, stage five is remembering. This is retention, putting what we heard to use over time. We focused a lot on the first three stages last time through the story of Samuel. Today, we're going to be laser focused on number four and a little bit on number five, responding and remembering. And the best way I know how to start a discussion about responding is by introducing listeners again to my dog, Susie. Susie was just four months old when she came to live with us. I'll post some photos with this podcast on toddcipher.com so you can see her. But she's now almost two years old. She was a rescue at four months from the Lawrence Animal Shelter here in Kansas. She's the third rescue dog my wife and I have had in our 26 years of marriage. We had kind of forgotten how much work a puppy could really be. But we survived, and like I said, she's now two years old, and she's calmed down quite a bit. But this dog absolutely cracks me up. She loves to have me toss a ball high in the air so it can hit the ground and bounce. And when that ball's on its way back up, she jumps high and tries to catch it. I... I have to admit that I love that game, too, and it's always fun to see her actually catch it. But Susie's funny in a lot of ways. One of my favorite things about her is how she shifts gears, and with purpose. Let me explain. Susie can be half asleep on our couch just before we go upstairs to bed, and I'll say something along the lines of, eh, should we go outside before bed? Before I can finish that question, 
she shoots off the couch and is standing at the door to the backyard. Another example is when my wife or I, we realize that we've got a day full of Zoom calls and just all kinds of activities that we're not going to be able to pay much attention to Susie. And so we decide to take her to Wolf's Play and Stay here in Lawrence. It's a daycare for dogs, basically. You can board them there, too. Anyway, for her, it's a day of playing with other dogs. Now, no matter what Susie is doing, if she hears the words, go bye-bye to Wolf's, or do you want to go play, she jumps to life. And then she starts whimpering, as if to say, let's get going, people. And she'll sit down, rather impatiently, so that my wife or I can attach the leash to her collar. She hears those words, and she jumps into action. And it's with purpose. There is absolutely no hesitation. There is no wavering. She hears what the possibilities are, and she is ready for action. In this episode of In Layman's Terms, I want us to explore together what we do after we listen. I want us to ask ourselves today if we are ready to be called into action. So let's get started by taking a look at the text for this episode. It's Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. It's a story you probably have been taught a lot about since you were pretty young. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, announcing God's good news, saying, Now is the time. Here comes God's kingdom. Change your hearts and lives and trust this good news. As Jesus passed along the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away they left their nets and followed him. After going a little farther, he saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boat repairing the fishing nets. At that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. In the last episode, we talked about listening. So what did you listen for and hear from that passage? I hope it's the key word for this episode. Response. This is the start of Jesus' ministry on earth. As we read this, Jesus is about 30 years old, and he's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, near a village called Capernaum. That's in the northern part of what we call Israel today. It was an area that is known as the Galilee. It was kind of a poorer area, a blue-collar place. Jesus is walking on the shore and sees two brothers, Andrew and Simon. Later, you'll know him as Peter. All we're told is that Jesus tells them to come follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. We don't hear the discussion. We don't get to know what went through their minds. We just know they immediately left their nets to follow Jesus. Would you be so quick to follow a guy who gave you such instructions? Yeah, it's food for thought. Later then we find out that we come to another set of brothers, James and John. Jesus tells them to follow him too, and they also leave behind their fishing gear. In fact, we learn that they left their father, Zebedee, standing in the boat with just his hired hands. Now, as you contemplate this scene, I want to give you a few notes so you understand things a little bit better. Like I said, they likely were around Capernaum on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the fact that they were fishing here tells us a few things. 
First, they were professionals. They knew what they were doing. And though they were not part of the aristocracy by any means, they likely were not uneducated, like we've often been told. After all, they were running a business. They had to know what they were doing in their business. The Sea of Galilee can be a violent place. Not knowing what you're doing could lead to loss of ships and death. When I visited the Holy Land in 2019, our tour guide explained that winds whipping out of the surrounding mountains can turn a pristine, glass-like surface of water into a white-capped raging sea in just moments. Regardless of the discussion, or at least the thoughts, that we aren't told about in the text, we know that these four men join Jesus, and they do it quickly. Remember that example about my dog Susie? About her quick reaction? Well, their reaction is quick and important, but this isn't one of those kinds of decisions like my dog makes. It's much, much more significant. Following Jesus meant giving up what was familiar to them, just like Samuel did in our text last episode. To follow Jesus, these men had to give up their jobs. They had to give up their community. They had to leave their families. They basically had to give up everything that they knew, everything that they were comfortable with. What did Jesus say that was so powerful? What did they hear him say when they listened to his call to follow him? Did he do something not recorded in the Gospels? After all, several times Jesus does something and tells people not to speak of it. Did something like that happen here, some kind of miracle, that the Gospel writers actually did what they were told and didn't say anything about? Some scholars think these four people in particular may have seen Jesus with John the Baptist and that they bought into what John was teaching, so they followed Jesus because they thought he would be more of the same. Some scholars think there's even more to the story, and Mark, a master of providing the Cliff's Notes version of the Gospel, simply left out what he thought were unimportant parts. We know Mark was written first, and likely was used as source material for Matthew and Luke, both of which added to the narrative from other accounts. So Mark is a little more sparse when it comes to detail. While we don't have a full transcript, we do know that these four men were the first to join Jesus. We know they became his inner circle among the disciples, and we know that however it came to pass, they dropped everything to follow Jesus as he walked around Israel teaching for about three years. They were called to be more than anything they ever thought they could or would be. Jesus called, they listened, and they responded. Could you do the same if you were asked to follow Jesus? In my family, growing up, if we were asked to drop what we were doing just then, it would mean hopping down from the John Deere tractor. Or it would mean leaving the hay trailer in 100 degree heat. Hey, you know what, wait a minute, maybe that's not so bad. Nowadays, it would mean walking away from my latest Zoom call or leaving behind my email. <laughs> Again, maybe it's not so bad after all. Seriously, though, could you walk away? I know I would struggle with that. Though I have done some of that, at least in a way, before. My wife and I got married, and I got a job with the Gannett newspaper in St. Cloud, Minnesota, so we moved 500 miles away from home. We knew nobody. But at least I had my wife, and she had me. Three years later, we moved to Springfield, Missouri. But this time we had each other, and at this point we had a daughter. 
Finally, we moved 1,500 miles west to St. George, Utah and stayed there for almost 15 years. That move, we had both our daughter and our son. And it's kind of funny how life works because eventually it worked in reverse. We had put down roots in southern Utah and then moved back to the Great Plains when I entered full-time communications ministry. And yet, even with all those experiences, I'm not so sure I would have the guts to follow a guy just because he told me to do so. I don't know that I could leave my loved ones. You see, I think it's tough to put ourselves in those first disciples' shoes. But there is the reality that Jesus is calling us, all of us, every day. And like those first disciples, Jesus is calling us to be more than we ever planned to be or thought we could be. But Todd, you might be thinking to yourself, I know what I was called to do. I was called to be a Sunday school teacher. And I was called to help change the light bulbs. Or I was called to help with the trunk or treat at Halloween, a children's pageant, a UMW Sunday, or any other event that we used to use to measure the passage of time in the church calendar. Now hear me now. It's not that any of those things are bad. But just consider the world around us. Think about how much has changed. So much has changed since March 2020 with the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. And consider how Jesus' call to you may have changed since then. Maybe how God wanted you to serve back in 1995, or even in 2019 for that matter, changed in 2020 and is even very different now in 2021. I doubt seriously that Peter, Andrew, James, and John got up that morning thinking about forgetting the fishing business in favor of becoming evangelists. The good news is you likely are not going to be asked by Jesus to give up your family, your friends, your community, or everything that you know. So everyone can take a deep breath. But you do need to know something. You need to know that the Savior who sacrificed his life for the sake of yours and my eternity is indeed asking you to make sacrifices. If you really want to follow Jesus, you're going to have to do what those first disciples did. You gotta climb out of the boat and you gotta to get to work. You might have to give up your familiarity with your local church as you know it so that it's more appealing to new people. You may have to give up your game night or your day off to help with the food pantry, a thrift store, or by repairing homes or any of the other myriad other kinds of service projects we can do to help others less fortunate than ourselves. You may need to give up more of your time, talent, and treasure to lift others up. Now, in the last episode, we talked about Samuel learning to listen to God's call. Today, we're talking about regular, ordinary men listening to Jesus' call and immediately responding. I don't know what Jesus is calling you to do. I'm not sure of the needs of the city you live in, the county in which you reside, or of the church you attend. But I do know Jesus is walking by right now, and he's calling you to leave what you're doing, putting aside what is familiar to you, to follow him. Yeah, you better believe life was different for those first disciples. And life just might look different for us too. Life should look different for us. Jesus is calling you to follow him. He's calling me to follow him. He's calling all of us in some way, shape, or form. I pray that you'll respond and answer the call, whether that has anything to do with fishing or for people. 
Amen. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifer. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with First Com Music. You can find archived podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.